I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, this doesn't sound like on the record online. Where's the familiar music that I'm used to hearing? Well, we're going to try something a little different this time. We're mixing it up. Because this is the LeWeb 2010 Preview Podcast. What we've done for this episode is assembled a panel of official LeWeb conference bloggers. And in addition to talking about some of the bigger issues uh, of the day, like the new Facebook messaging that was announced uh, just yesterday, and uh, globalization and technology and the economy, we're also going to talk about the individual sessions that we're most excited about attending, what type of coverage we're anticipating generating from the conference, and also what to wear, because, I mean, it's Paris, and you know you don't want to be out of style. So, stay with us, and I promise you, we are going to talk about the web. The first half will be larger issues, but the second half will be just about the web. It's a survival guide. Don't miss it. You're listening to a special edition of On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman from Paris at LeWeb 2010, featuring conference keynote speakers, panelists, and newsmakers. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, post a comment to the show blog at ontherecordpodcast.com. Connect with us on Facebook or Twitter at On the Record, or send email to eric at ericschwartzman.com. The Web is Build is the number one European internet conference, and it brings together entrepreneurs and investors from 50 countries in two days on the 8th and 9th of December in Paris. Uh, the event is produced by Louis Lemure. He is the founder of social software uh, application Seismic, um, and he produces the event with his wife, Geraldine. This will be my first year attending. I'm going as an official conference podcaster uh, and continuing on to teach the first U.S.-German social media boot camp on the 14th and 15th of December uh, in Frankfurt the following week, and I'll have details at socialmediabootcamp.com. Uh, but to help you get ready for the web, I've assembled a panel of bloggers from around the, around the globe. Some of them uh, you'll know well. And uh, they're all attending the web with me, and we're going to talk about the conference and uh, what, what our expectations are for, for this year's event. Uh, and I'd like to start by introducing uh, uh, Andre Vassileri, uh, the CEO of itiv.net. Uh, he blogs about digital marketing, social media, communications, and PR. And he is the reason I'm attending the conference, uh, because he was the guy who uh, got me invited as um, to be an official conference blogger. Uh, Andre, you've been attending for a while, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've been attending for the last basically three years. And, uh, well, you know, the web, it's, uh, it's a really, really interesting event. And I, I think, at least from my perspective, the web is more than just a simple conference. Um, of course, there's a great uh, lineup of speakers, but it's also startup competition. There's an excellent workshop pro- program, and uh, and everybody's there. So you have the newbies and people that are getting closer to the, uh, let's say, let's call it the bleeding edge of the web for the first time. And on the other hand, you have the biggest players in the industry. So... Um, you have experienced speakers, so startups, angel investors, VCs. You have uh, la creme de la creme, to say it in French. <laughs> so you, you have top selected bloggers from all over the globe. So I think that uh, the magic of this event is that during these two days, you are truly leaving the web. Because you have the unique opportunity to connect with the uh, entire ecosystem. So, and of course... Taking something home, of course, <laughs> whether it's something new you learned or, or some priceless new context, I would say. I, I'm actually excited about the cheese because here in America, you know, we don't have the best <laughs> cheese. And uh, yeah. going to the land of cheese is very, very attractive to me. Oh, yeah, that, 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 that's pretty good. I, I hope that Loic uh, and Geraldine will do a good job, you know, providing us good food during the event, too. Now, we also have on the call Tara Hunt, a.k.a. Miss Rogue, and now the CEO of Schwab. She's the author of The Woofy Factor. Um, she's the owner of Citizen Space, and uh, she was nice enough to be a guest speaker 
at a social media masterclass I taught in New York in 2008 and nice enough to accept my invitation to keynote the Digital Impact Conference, which I co-chair with Elizabeth Albrecht each year for PRSA. Uh, Terry, you attended last year as well, right? Yes, absolutely. And there was some controversy behind your being invited back, right? What was that all about? Uh, well, the, the, the funny part of that is you guys were just talking about the food. Um, one of the things that I also wrote a follow-up post, uh, I think, with uh, Loeb last year that um, – I thought I was being very honest about my assessment. I enjoy the conference very much. Uh, that it's in Europe and has a strong European contingent is awesome. They put together a good, strong lineup of speakers in general. Um, and it's a fun, amazing conference to be part of it. I love being part of it. But uh, year after year, I'm, so, I, I'm just surprised it we're in, this, in the food capital of the world, in my opinion. And <laughs> the, sure. food every, the food every year is kind of... Huh? Really? That's kind of last year. It was like make your own sandwiches. So I had, so that was one of the things that I actually uh, critiqued last year, and Louis got a little upset with me on my blog. But but it worked out pretty, you know, pretty quickly. I I don't think there's a big controversy well, with we, me. We, being we have an Italian on the phone who might argue with that. Uh, you know. Food's pretty good over in that part of the world too. It's true. It's true. Okay, let's say let's say that one of the most uh, uh, well-known places for food is is France. <laughs> one of the most, but uh, yeah. So, hey, give us in a nutshell uh, a once over on Schwab. What is Schwab? Yeah. So um, what we're doing is creating a place where people can keep all their purchase history uh, vendor neutral and. Um, building tools to help people leverage that for everything uh, from being able to track your own, uh, your own uh, influence to being able to leverage that for better deals, for filters on how to find what you're looking for, that sort of thing. Cool. And we also have on the call Ishmael Shaib. He's from Algeria. He currently lives in Nice, France, and he's studying for his master's there. Um, and he's co-founder of an Algerian, Algerian VC-funded startup called ASQ. Uh, Shaib, welcome. Yeah, welcome. Thanks, thanks for the invitation, Eric. So, it's really an honor to be, to be with you. Hey, it's great to have you. Tell us about ASQ. Yeah, ASQ, actually we, we call it ASK. So ASK is our startup. We, we launched it from, from something like six months. Actually, we were from Algeria. So, and there we, 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 we joined, we participated to this national contest. And it, it was led by, by, uh, by the first Algerian uh, VC fund, uh, which is called Algerian Startup Initiative. Uh, it's a bunch of guys from Algerian guys from Silicon Valley that came back to Algeria and want to, to start a startup industry. So we participate to this, to, to this contest and we, hopefully we, we were, the, uh, we were the, the winner of this contest. So, and we have this fund and now we, we are launching our, our startup and it's pretty cool. It's, uh, we are, our product is about, actually our mantra is about uh, right people, right information. So we, we, we try to, to deliver the, 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 the right information to right people and we are focusing on Algeria and the uh, third world in general. So we, we are trying to leverage the SMS technology. So this is in, uh, in a nutshell what we are doing. So we've got a you know pretty good uh, you know mix of folks on the phone here uh, from across the globe. We're going to talk about the conference, uh, but before we get right into it, um, you know, there was a big announcement yesterday. This Facebook messaging product, which is going to roll, uh, you know, uh, email and IM and chat and status updates into one messaging platform. Obviously, there's a lot of ifs about whether or not it's going to be successful because you know not a lot of us have it, not a lot of us can see it yet. Uh, but, but you know, it was billed by a lot of bloggers as, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a possibly a, a um, you know, the death of Gmail or the death of email. But when I looked at it and looked at some of the pictures that Ben Parr put up on Mashable from his account, it looked to me like more of a challenge to social media engagement dashboards like Seismic and Hootsuite. Because right now, those are the tools we're using to sort of roll all these different channels into into one platform, and I wonder. I mean, if you guys have any thoughts on that, uh, I'll, I'll I'll jump in uh, quickly. Actually, what it looked like 
to me, was uh, Google's massive failure of Google Wave. <laughs> um, <laughs> And and so so Facebook is uh, now doing the same thing. And people didn't get Wave. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they get Facebook. Right now, it just it feels like everything's trapped in Facebook for me. And I, so I try to do as little as possible over there. I don't know if that's a general consensus, but uh, for them to try to bring in um, more and more, who knows? It may be another wave like. Uh, disaster. I like the fact that I have a Seismic and a Hootsuite and a TweetDeck and a, everything else outside of Facebook that I can communicate on personally. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, I, I think my take is, uh, I don't know if you guys uh, played around with it yet. Do, do you have a did you did you register yet, or did you have, did you test it out? Yeah, I'm I'm still in the beta, private beta. I, I didn't have the uh, the invitation yet. I'm still waiting for the invitation. Okay, so I I didn't check it out <laughs> yet, but um at least looking from you know the reviews and and what we have online, uh, um well it seems that we're we're going to move towards like a more simple way, you know, of, com- you know, communicating. Um, I heard like there are not going to be any subject, uh, you know, like we are used to have in the emails that we send every day. And I think that, it, you know, if, if you notice when you send an email, there is that psychological cost of, you know, writing a subject and then moving to the other field or writing the message. And so I think it's pretty interesting the fact they're trying to make this more simple, more digestible, more uh, fast. Um, and in, in a sense, my first initial thought was that we're probably moving towards a model that um, it's similar to Twitter, like to that instant immediate communication. Uh, but again, uh, probably too early to say, but I, I think it, it's Probably um, it probably will bring more people closer to, to this sort of uh, micro communication. Uh, and again, uh, I, I don't know if, if you test it out with the beta. Probably you you can add something to the conversation too. But uh, at least that's the feeling. Uh, I'm, I I'm, 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 yeah, I'm still waiting for the invitation actually. So so I didn't test it yet. Uh, at all. Actually, okay. my takes on that. Yeah. So, but actually, I I, I agree with with Tara. I, I think the same way. I think, especially with uh, with uh, the the recent move of, of uh, Lars Rasmussen from Google to 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 Facebook, it's uh, it's uh, we cannot uh, we have to compare uh, between this Facebook messaging system and uh, Google Wave. So, uh, and it's definitely interesting to see if Facebook will win where uh, where Google's failed. So it's really it's really interesting. I'm not exi- as excited as I was with uh, when Google Wave uh, was launched, but uh, I think it's de- definitely interesting to see what what will happen. And uh, but but it highlighted. I think the most interesting thing with with every, uh, with, uh, with all of that is is that it, it highlights something interesting. It highlights uh, a, a certain need of uh, people need uh, need more efficient way to communicate. So it's definitely a need of uh, communication. So it's it's really interesting to see how how everything's evolved. Maybe we'll have other tools that make it, make the, the the same thing better than Facebook and better than Google Wave. You know, prior to the downfall or or I guess the the the, the cancellation of of Wave by Google, Chris Messina, who's the open web advocate for Google, did a, a session at South by Southwest called Activity Streaming. And uh you know, it was really an inspirational session. I interviewed him subsequent to it. There's a a podcast on it. I'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, but basically, what he argued in the session was that point-to-point communications are uh, ineffective. Um, when you think about email for collaborative use, you know you have a lot of people. There's a reply all. It goes back to six people. It bounces back with out of the office emails. One person, you know, says something that the other people don't necessarily get. You get roped into the grist later. Very ineffective way of going. But I think what this shows me, at least, if it's successful, is that the best model doesn't always win because people couldn't really wrap their heads around the concept of activity streaming uh, for collaboration at this point, which is kind of what Wave was. So I wonder if, you know, a wolf in sheep's clothing, in this case, activity streaming in the form of Facebook messaging or, or positioned more like email will be something people can wrap their heads around and therefore get greater adoption. We'll see. Hmm. <laughs> 
I I I'll have to use it before I before I make any more opinions on how how that's going to work for me. So yeah, and I think I, I hope they will start easy and simple. So they're going to make it easy for people to adopt it and listen to what people have to say. Because uh, at least in the personal experience, when I tried to reach out for Facebook or get in touch with. Facebook, uh, it, it was like terrible experience so far. So I really hope they will listen to the community and eventually, you know, improve the service step by step uh, accordingly. Okay, so so to all of us, you know, we, I can say Facebook messaging. It was announced yesterday. We've all followed the news. We we know about it. But outside of our little tech bubble, you know, there's a lot of people that maybe don't know about it and maybe even aren't on Facebook yet. Um, you know, we are a group that's scattered across the globe. Um, and probably, you know, we're all pretty busy because a lot of people are trying to figure out how to integrate uh, online communications into their business. Uh, but I'll tell you, outside of the tech bubble, um, I see an economy, at least in the U.S., still in shambles. The housing market is in the toilet. Uh, I know a lot of people without jobs. Um, and I wonder, I mean, what do you think the ultimate impact of globalization and technology will have on the economy and on jobs? Because it seems to me... As social rolls out from marketing to other lines of business like distribution and R&D and manufacturing, it's basically going to let organizations do more with less and eliminate even more jobs. Wow, this is a huge, uh, heavy question, Eric. This requires to have a, some semblance of knowledge of economics, and, and our co- my co-podcasters may have better than I do. But um, uh, I'll just sort of make my little uh, measly attempt here. Uh, definitely, we do live in a tech bubble. Everything seems really exciting, but when you leave it, Absolutely. Um, jobs are still waning. The economy is still uh, in, in, in trouble, definitely in the U.S., right? But I live in Canada where the economy is just fine. And I don't, I don't know about uh, Europe, uh, Andrea. And, uh, well, uh, I, I have uh, – well, with ITIF.net, we have headquarters in, in, uh, in Finland. Europe yes. and in New York City in the U.S. So I kind of had the chance of, of looking at the two. And um, what I've noticed that there, there, there is a, uh, something in common. And um, I think looking at technology, I believe that technology is the catalyst. So we wouldn't be here recording if uh, it wasn't for the technology we we're using. And same goes like in my everyday life at work with my team at IVE.net. So we, we are a team of 10 people spread over four continents supporting clients worldwide. This would never be possible without technology. But I'm also convinced that uh, technology is not the silver bullet, right? You know, it's not what will make succeed all these people that are out of jobs or that are facing challenges with their businesses. I believe that um, we can find the key to succeed at, at, at the intersection of three spheres, at least from what I've noticed. And these three spheres are technology, as we mentioned, and then business and people. So we must have a very clear understanding of these three components. And technology is only one and is vital. But it's also important like, to understand, interpret like, like all the new trends also in how businesses are evolving and changing every day and in how people communicate nowadays and how they ultimately want to be engaged. So I think that the combo, you know, uh, is what will make us succeed. And indeed, there are a lot of people that uh, uh, focus on technologies because they think it's going to be what, you know, is going to make things happen. But I don't think it's the only component we have to keep in mind. I just want to go back quickly, though. Oh, sorry. I just because I the question the question that I wanted to ask you guys for Europe um, uh, is is how how is the economy and Africa how is the economy (laughs) compared to previous to the economic downturn there? Who's gonna go first? (laughs) Yeah, you go. You go. Go. I think um, the economy is. Uh, doing better after like that downturn. Um, I, I think it was more a crisis that, uh, let's say, was a reaction. You know, uh, after like what happened in the U.S. So in a way, it's something that has 
hit Europe, but probably uh, not as hard as you guys experience all overseas. Um, and I think it also depends, you know, about which field, which cluster, which market you you are you're looking at. If you're looking at real estate, or if you're looking at at some other markets. But I think that, that things are gradually starting to run again. Uh, and uh, um, at least what, looking at the U.S., on the other hand, I think there's still a lot of like people are you know still very very careful. Um, at least that's my take and how how I see it. As a as a an American who was in Athens uh, last month, I went over there for the State Department to do some trainings for journalists over there, and obviously that was sort of the center of the economic meltdown in Europe and really challenged the solvency of the euro. There was concerns about the same sort of thing happening in Italy, Portugal, Spain. And um, and obviously, you know, U.S. interests, they want to see a healthy euro. So they're out there trying to promote transparency and listening and so, so that journalists can detect um, potential scandal before it really becomes a problem. But I had a, a little experience, just a personal experience, uh, which kind of gave me an, an emotional response to the economy at least in Athens, I was walking behind the hotel I was staying at, and there was a place where people looked like where they were applying for jobs because everyone was sitting there with a piece of paper filling out a form and waiting to go in for these interviews in this you know nice hotel. And uh, I'll tell you what, man, there were some pretty long, long faces in that line. And I walked by, I went out, did my thing, came back three, four hours later, they were still there. So it felt to me quite dismal. Huh. I think it, it changes a lot because when you look at Europe, it's, it's, it's quite big. And uh, yeah. it, is, it is a very uh, fragmented environment if you compare it with the U.S. where you have one country and one language. We have several different cultures, several different languages, different backgrounds, different stories. And so uh, at least I was born in South Europe, in Italy, <clears throat> And I'm currently uh, living in Finland, which is in, you know, uh, Nordic. So it, it is a different world. And uh, I see Italy uh, also, you know, there, there is not really happy the situation concerning, for example, employment and so on. And then I look at Finland where basically even if you want to try to be unemployed, you basically can't because the government and the state is, is – taking you from home and, 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 and bring you to these trainings to basically help you to get in back into society. So it is very, very different. And, um, I'm, I, and what, if what you look at specifically... What are they training you to do? What, what are they training <clears throat> you to do? Well, you, 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 you basically get... Um, it, it really depends, you know, about who the person is, how, how old he is, and this, the experience that he has. But they try to um, basically... Uh, uh, help you and, 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 and give you some uh, job opportunities. They don't want to let people sit back at home. Is, is it I social media be, training? Uh, is it digital training? Uh, no, it's, it's, it's uh, in real life. You know, it's they, they, they meet people in, in the real world. <laughs> so they have this... Uh, this um, Places I don't honestly don't remember how to pronounce the name in Finnish because <laughs> it's a very difficult language. But uh, I I've never been in that position. But I I I talk with people that you know experienced it, and uh, it is definitely something really well organized. Uh, when you look at Greece, there's there is very a particular moment that Greece is living. You know, after especially you know the last uh, problems they faced, um, and so uh, well I say. Some areas of Europe are struggling. Some yeah. others are really advanced. So I think, uh, yeah. And, and I think I think France is is in the part of Europe that that, that is struggling. Really, it was yeah. it was really awful for France. The, the this uh, this uh, this downtown, this crisis. Now it's it's getting a little bit better. But uh, but before it was really hard. But to answer Tara, back in Algeria and back in Africa, we didn't have this this financial crisis as you as you. Have it in uh, in the U.S. or even here in in Europe. It was uh, we have it uh, much. Uh, we have it after. So maybe uh, the we, we we start we start hearing from our governments about the financial crisis since uh, the, the the last year. So it was. Uh, 
It was after the U.S. Uh, the U.S. crisis, and it 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 wasn't uh, it wasn't that awful. I mean, it's not like here in Europe or even in 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 the U.S. It's really different. But to 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 go back to the question of Eric, I think because I think it's it's a really important question. I think uh, I I do agree uh, with uh, with what uh, Andrea said. Uh, I mean, this uh, this three spheres. Uh, that we, we have to we have this we have to have this vision of three spheres and the, the problem is uh, many people uh, companies companies have to focus generally focus on the technology sphere and which is I think the the, the less important sphere in this uh, in this uh, in the whole this whole uh, in this whole thing so and as uh, uh, as you, you may know, this uh, the, this famous article from Nicola uh, Nicola Carr, which state uh, that uh, IT doesn't matter, and I really I really uh, I really believe in this uh, in this statement. I, I really think technology doesn't have to be that important. I, I mean, the technology ha- ha- has to be seen as a commodity. So. Uh, so it's available for 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 everyone. Now we have uh, the, uh, all these open source technologies and everything. So technology may be uh, should be available for for everyone, for every company's government, etc. But the problem, uh, once again, when, uh, if I want to 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 go back to my country and to my uh, to my to to Africa. Uh, the, the, the problem is at another level. I mean, the technology is available, the, the softwares are, are available, everything is available. Even the people, the, the skilled people are available. We have universities and, and things like that, so the, the, the skilled people are available, but the infrastructure aren't, uh, isn't available. So we don't have Wi-Fi everywhere, we don't have uh, internet connection everywhere, and this, this is a real problem, and this is a real, real problem in uh, in the the, uh, the evolution of technology and uh, uh, in this uh, this thing of technology being as a commodity to to everyone uh Farid Zakaria who is a um uh, journalist that writes for Time magazine and he also has a program on uh CNN called GPS he's a sort of a foreign affairs correspondent uh, wrote the cover story in Time Magazine, I want to say three weeks ago. I'll put a link in the show notes. And the title, distinctly, you know, American perspective, the title of the story was uh, Restoring the American Dream. And he got together four CEOs from uh, major global consortiums and uh, asked them, you know, what do you do? How do you recover? How do you, how do you, um, you know, how do you fix things and um, restore jobs, at least to America? And um, there were two themes that emerged in the article. The first was, you know, globalization, the fact that, you know, companies like Coke um, are now doing 80% of their business outside of the U.S. and employing 80% of their workers outside of the U.S. as well. So they're no longer distinctly American companies. Uh, And the second was uh, technology, you know, the idea that technology uh, lets you do more with less. He quotes Jack Welch in the story, and, um, you know, I've actually committed it to memory Uh, He said, uh, Jack Welch says that um, uh, in 2003, he invested in a company with, uh, I believe the number is $12 billion in revenue annually and 24,000 employees. And Jack Welch also says that same company is in line to sustain those revenues in 2013 with only 14,000 employees. And, And the theme, the takeaway was, you know, we're all learning to do more with less. And so just as the computer, you know, started in the back office for payroll processing and accounting and then, you know, moved on to all of our desks and made us more efficient, um, you know, so might social media, right? It started as a way to market and communicate and sell, but it's, these are just communications channels. So as everyone in the business gets a hold of them, they become more efficient as well. So Zakaria's argument is that really the way you are going to sustain jobs is by retraining at least the American worker as a knowledge worker because there are no more jobs putting things together, making cars, manufacturing. It's all been offshored. And so if we have to retrain the American worker, how do we do it? <laughs> well, I would argue that just one statement that I would argue that uh, – uh, social media did not start as a marketing platform. 
it started as a human connection platform. So coming back to that beginning might be part of the key to that. But it was certainly co-opted by marketing as far as the organization was concerned first. I mean, marketing sort of saw the, the promise before any other department. Uh, certainly, but I don't ever think of things from departmental company perspective. I think about like the 500 million, 600 million human beings on Facebook uh, are probably not on Facebook. Most of them are not on Facebook statistically because they want to market. Most of them are on Facebook to keep connected with family, friends, that sort of thing. And to build, yeah, to I build agree. Their <laughs> well, that's part, that's part of the marketing, but I, I don't think they think of it in that terms. I think they really do think of it in, you know, I'm going to keep in touch with mom back in Poughkeepsie and um, uh, my cousins over in Holland, and this is a really great way to do it. And my old high school friends, maybe. But the majority of people don't have the same sort of level of interaction are the same types of interactions that we're now this is where the bubble comes in this is where our little bubble comes in is we've got what thousands of people probably all of us with uh, that are friends on facebook and we're constantly po- posting our articles and stuff about the companies that we're working on but in reality i have uh, a lot of old friends that uh block me on facebook because they don't want to oh. hear my marketing pitch they want, they want to know what Tara's – I've actually gotten messages from them saying, I kind of want to just know what Tara's doing as a human being and not – You're you're totally right. I, I experienced exactly the same actually. That's why I laughed when, when you mentioned it because um, it happened the same to me. So And I was thinking like exactly this afternoon and I said, you know what? Maybe I'm just going to shift all my updates just to my face, Facebook fan page where I just talk about marketing stuff and I'm just going to use my – own Facebook profile to talk with my friends because they can't take it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Same with me, but I'm waiting till after my book comes out. <laughs> but I think that the, 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 the bubble thing is, is it's a good example because we started to use Facebook years ago and the people that were on Facebook were just geeks or web savvy people, correct? And the, the thing is that probably uh, we didn't um, change the way we use the tool and we kept using it uh, over and over and over again the same way but now that everyone is there and it's like a, a social place for yeah. everyone you know probably we should rethink that but let me add one one thing to the conversation that maybe you find it interesting so uh, of course uh, increasing number of people online uh, there is a real social web i think the web is social it's a social place we built you know the, the, the architecture of the new web makes it a social place. Finally, everyone can interact without big problems. So it's not just a place for gigs anymore. But um, uh, there is a project that we are doing in Finland with, uh, together with my team, Disclosure. But it's very interesting because we, um, we're working for a Finnish region. It's uh, the region of Supoyes in southwestern Finland. Very interesting region because it has a, um, one of the highest uh, rates of um, entrepreneurs. Per, you know, it's like one entrepreneur every three inhabitants, if I remember uh, correctly. There is uh, one of the fastest broadband network in Europe, all in fiber optics. So it's a very interesting environment. And what we have um, done with this region, what we're doing, is basically uh, the following. We created some social media agents, we call them, okay? And we basically picked normal people, okay, uh, the average people that is working in a company or that is teaching in a school or that is working in a sports club. So social media agents from different areas and basically we have uh, trained them to uh, um, use social media in a proactive way you know within their uh, uh, company sport club and so on so we basically started to tell them how to use social media in an effective way you know to do something more than just talk about last weekend or how was the grilling or the sauna uh, time last night Okay, and it was it was very nice because after this first pilot uh, phase, um, basically this um, these people became some sort of evangelists and started to spread um, uh, the social media culture, <laughs> let's say, within their organizations. Um, and of course, this 
help to improve, you know, the overall results of, of this organization was a very interesting, uh, very interesting um, project. And I think the same can be translated, you know, at other levels, for example, at corporate level or, uh, you know, in, 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 in other uh, companies like the one you, Eric, mentioned before. So, uh, you know, just a, a little thing. I think big changes, you know, start with little baby steps. So, uh, yeah, I think we're just in the early days of this and Maybe social media will sure. add more value in the future. When we come back, we're going to talk specifically about this year's conference. Stay with us. This January 2011, Paul Gillen and Eric Schwartzman bring you the first book devoted exclusively to B2B social media communications. Packed with business-to-business case studies and applied knowledge, Social Marketing to the Business Customer is the most comprehensive collection of B2B social media marketing guidance ever assembled. B2B markets are driven by value and relationships. That's very different from B2C markets. This book's a hands-on guide. It walks business people step-by-step through the process of using social media to find and engage business customers to ultimately drive more revenue. Social Marketing to the Business Customer is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and Borders. Or buy it at our show blog at ontherecordpodcast.com. Also available for iPad and Kindle. Guys, so yeah, if, if they uh, downloaded this podcast, they're expecting us to st- start talking about the web at some point. Absolutely, I'm going to say let's let's if you would let's take a look at the agenda. And I, what I'd like to know is, you know, what in terms of the program are you most excited about, and uh, what do you intend to cover? Um, you know, what sort of insights are you looking for? And um, why don't we start, Ishmael, with you? Okay, so definitely the, the, the most important thing for me uh, is to 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 to, to see uh, Dennis Crowley on on stage. I mean, uh, you you've seen recently that Wired uh, claimed that Dennis Crowley from from uh, from Foursquare is the the king of the web. So and Foursquare is something really really disruptive. I mean, uh, it's uh, it's really promising. So maybe the uh, for me. As a young entrepreneur, the most important session will be uh, will be this session had by by, by Dennis Crowley. So uh, it's very important. So I, and I'm also looking for uh, it's the same thing. I'm I'm looking for success stories. So uh, so success stories like the one of uh, of uh, of Dennis Crowley. I think is the most important is the most promising uh, right now in our bubble. Like like you you name it. And uh, the web is also interesting because we see a lot of innovation. So so that's really important. And European innovation, we don't have the this uh, this opportunity to see uh, to see to see European innovation in the in the. Uh, in the startup competition, a lot of startups are from Europe, so that's definitely something cool. I mean, we'll see something coming from Europe. Maybe it, it's different from 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 what's coming from the valley, and maybe it's, it's it'll be it'll be fun. I'm sure it'll be fun. It'll be cool. So this this is what I'm looking for at uh, at Lueb. Who's next? <laughs> you are. I <laughs> I go okay. Uh, I think there's a, a great lineup of speakers. Uh, just have a look at the agenda on, the, on their website. Um, I think I'm going to be interested in all the speakers that you know will kind of talk about platforms because that's what we're going to talk about. Um, but you know, teaching their talks, you know, on marketing, PR, and communication, and see how this um, will be. Uh, uh, discussed, you know, and ultimately how will this add value, you know, to organizations. And I know that some platforms will uh, make some announcements. Uh, I think NetVibes is going to come up with something or and, and several others too. So I'm definitely interested to see, you know, what's new is going to come out next. I'm also interested to see what Kevin Rose will say, you know, when we, they, there is going to be on stage, I think, during the first day, talking about DIG, uh, which this year, I think, has seen a, like a 
dramatic um, fall. And, and, and so uh, these are like uh, a little bit um, the things that we'll keep an eye on. Yeah, but I pass the mic to Tara for now. Uh, I'm, I always look forward to things like uh, the startup competition. You get to see uh, what, what's new, new ideas coming down the pipe. I personally am interested in the funding panels because that's the stage that we're at with, uh, with Schwab. So that's a selfish uh, need. I would have bad on that. <laughs> but uh, generally, like, uh, I just, I go, I always go to these conferences for the people and the conversations. So no matter who's on stage, of course, it gives you fodder for the conversation. But it's those, those breaks in between, um, uh, the uh, evening cocktail receptions, the kind of those, those sort of things. I mean, yeah, I'm kind of famous for uh, liking to go out late in Paris. But, um, but it's also uh, that's a really good time to get to meet uh, new people as well as catch up with uh, people that have been doing interesting uh, interesting things that you've known for over the years. So that's for me, the web is like a return to, uh, you know, it's just an, a great conversation platform. Tara, you know, a lot of people go to these things for that exact reason. You, know, you hear the speaker, but really what you want to do is meet somebody in the corridor and have a connection with them and, and, and forge a new relationship. So with that in mind, what advice do you have for people who are going there maybe to connect with VCs or going there to hunt for new business? I mean, do you like rehearse a little pitch? I mean, do you have some idea of what you want to say before you meet these people? Do you schedule meetings in advance or do you just sort of go and go with it? You know, I might be doing it all wrong, but I've never I've never gone to want to pitch or have some sort of, you know, the, uh, what do you call that, the elevator pitch or, or my documents in a row or meetings, that sort of thing. I've always gone to meet people first. And then, you know, when you get that inevitable question, so tell me a little bit about what you do. That's when you can casually uh, and very passionately talk about what you're doing. But, but first of all... To the point, like, when, when you get the, so what do you do... I mean, do you have to be ready at that point to sort of like what's if I say to you, you know, what do you do? And I'm a VC and you want to tell me about Schwab. What would you say? Well, I guess we all have our elevator pitches because we're used to, um, I guess, getting to that point And we're also knee deep in it. Um, so, I mean, I would give you the same sort of quick pitch that I gave you earlier when you asked me about Schwab. I would say we're creating a vendor-neutral vendor place for people to store all their shopping history and building tools on top of it to, for them to leverage that uh, data in meaningful ways. So, you know, yeah, I have, that, I have that pitch ready, and then I have the answers to the questions, you know, coming after that. But I don't want them to be rehearsed, and every conversation uh, takes a different course. And I find when you meet somebody and you connect on a different level, like, even I've connected with uh, fellow women at conferences over a handbag. <laughs> I've even connected with men over, you know, their uh, their really cool jackets. Uh, actually, uh, Andy Nolman, one of the founders of uh, Just for Laughs, you know that those funny videos that you see in the airport sometimes. Um, I met him at a conference, didn't know who he was, and he was wearing the coolest jacket I've ever seen. And I complimented him on his jacket. We talked for fashion. <laughs> Talked about fashion for an hour until I found out he was actually one of the founders of this huge, the hugest comedy festival in the world. <laughs> so, and we've been friends ever since. And I know that uh, that kind of relationship is way more valuable than one that I just walk up and be like, hi, I know who you are and I want to sell you something. Hey, I just want to change the subject for one minute and, and, and shove something in here. Um, and I don't want to be a bitch, but. You know, it's he says he's quoted the Weekly Mirror is quoted in the I think the Telegraph as saying, uh, you know, no suits, don't wear suits, wear jeans and T-shirts. And I heard the same thing from Brian Solis uh, about South by Southwest. And so I showed up in jeans and T-shirts. And you know what? Everybody, <laughs> Everybody like, has killer clothes on. And I'm thinking <laughs> I look like a swamp. So give us some advice on what to wear. What do you wear there? 
Okay, I would suggest um, I'm Italian, all right. I give my my perspective, but I I gotta I'm, I I would say casual. You know, you can wear jeans and yeah. shirt and and a jacket. You're gonna be fine. You don't need your it tie be or diesel, anything. right? I mean, no Levi's. Uh, okay, I think it works. It, it, it's okay. Just I think it, it, you know what works the best. I think you just gotta be yourself. I tell you, I yeah. <laughs> a few years ago, I I I started to walk around with a, a purple scarf, okay, a purple scarf. So people loved it, and uh, believe me, it probably wasn't the best, you know, uh, thing to wear with 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 you know with my uh, with my jacket and, and whatever else I was wearing. But people loved it. And it you became gotta be Italian to pull that off. No, but the thing is that uh, Eric, it's it was something that I liked and I had with me. I was on the go for a month and a half, and that's what I had with me, and that's what I was wearing. People loved it, <laughs> and conference after conference after conference, I ended up having people asking me to sell it on eBay. <laughs> 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 you know, so I think you know it's really it's something that you, you have to be yourself and after that i got also a pair of uh, purple uh, vans and now i have like the magic combo <laughs> so um but w- one thing i'd like to 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 add with, to what tara's saying and i agree 150% with what she said like to keep it genuine also in the way you approach someone Free tips I can give to people that are listening to podcasts and might, you know, have a mind to, to join us on the web. Three things, simple. First one, do a little bit of research within your niche industry. If you think there is someone you really would like to talk with, try to get in touch, uh, you know, before and maybe set up a meeting or something. Um, uh, but, you know, if you meet someone else new at the event, keep it, like, really natural. Second thing, when you meet someone new, take a photo with them and then put it on Flickr and tag it with their name. So whenever, you know, in future you have to get back to that person and that person probably don't remember, doesn't remember you because they met, like, a hundred others, um, you can share that photo and tell, hey, remember we met that day at Le Web in Paris. The third thing, which I find it very helpful, um, if you are using an iPhone, that's what I'm using, download this application. It's called Business Card Reader, and it's really handy. You just point your camera to the business card, and it's going to capture all the information, save it uh, directly on your contact uh, um, database, and also uh, synchronize it with your LinkedIn account. So you can basically store all the information faster, and this is priceless because i'm sure you guys are familiar you know with this uh, kind of problems you know you come home with tons of uh, business cards and you don't have the time you know to to save all the information so a quick uh thing on this great advice by the way android yeah. users can use google goggles and do the same thing but go yeah, ahead if now, you want to say something yeah i, re- I really like this the, the last advice of andrea and, and to go to go about to go back to this topic, I think uh, for me, uh, as uh, for me, when when I go to conferences, I I never have with me this. Uh, I never prepare this uh, elevator pitch, as Tara said. Uh, I I don't go to to conferences to 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 pitch. I think this is not really cool. But instead of that. I mean, we are entrepreneurs, so uh, so when when we are talking, it's it's about pitching, so it's really natural. So I mean, the my 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 takes on that is just put your passion on 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 things you like and the, the things you you're building, and it'll be okay. So you don't have to sell your thing; just put your passion and and it'll be okay. And the the thing is, you have to you have to to to. to to send emails and to 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 have the the contact of the of the VC of the uh, of the other person and to quickly uh, set the contact uh, between uh, b- between you and this person. That's really that's and maybe also uh, try to uh, this what what I try to do every time. Try to 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 distinguish yourself. Try to have something this little something that that, that distinguishes yourself from the from the crowd and that that, that can help the uh, the other persons to the other person to remember you. And as for dress code, I don't think I think casual casual dress is 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 cool and is suitable for every every. And maybe the an important thing I don't know why, but an important thing is to have a really polished polished shoes. That that's really important. So just have your polished shoes and. And go, uh, and go and shine. Show your you know, passion. All, all the photos that are online showing the web on the website, everybody's in a suit. I mean, they don't have a tie on, but they're in a suit. <laughs> 
And, and you're thinking, my God, you're going to show up casual jeans and a T-shirt, and they're going to be in a suit. Okay, I'm going to take you a photo of myself yourself. with what I'm going to wear at the web. So you can share it uh, in the show notes, and that I think, you know, I think it's going to work. <laughs> well, I'm hiring a photographer to take a picture of me with everybody I meet. Okay. <laughs> okay. Tara, you want to add any advice on – you're always very well-dressed. Any advice on what to wear? Oh, oh well, thank you. Um, you're really stylish. Yeah. I agree. Oh, thank you. Wow, that makes me feel good. Um, you know what? When I go to uh, Paris, I always like to you know, adapt a little bit to the Parisian uh, way of dress. Casual but with layers, especially at that time of year. Uh, scarves are always a nice touch for both women and men. Uh, they take just a jeans and a T-shirt and make it look a little bit more uh, European and definitely more French, uh, but definitely layers uh, of shirts. Um, concentrate uh, on the on the shoes, as Mel said, and uh, yeah, just um, whatever you're wearing, rock it. Just just say <laughs> like, "This is me. Take me as I am." I'm uh, exactly. I, yeah. Yeah. What about a beret? Is it a good idea to wear a beret? Or? <laughs> that might be a little overkill. <laughs> so listen, last thing, last question now for this sort of survival guide on the web that we're doing here. Le docs, les docs. I'm sorry. I'm uh, Yeah. Les docs. You, thank you very much. Um, it's in the <laughs> middle of nowhere, right? So, I uh, mean, if you want to go and stay in a good neighborhood or you want to see the sights and sort of go to good restaurants – you don't want to stay around there. So where are the good places to stay and and how do you commute back and forth from where you're staying to the venue? Uh, Beaumarchais was, is my favorite area to stay in. Uh, I think I'm going to stay somewhere uh, close to the uh, to the venue if possible. Uh, yeah, that, that's what I'm trying to do because I try to reduce, uh, you know, at minimum the – Commute. <laughs> so you're going to yeah. stay close. What, what, Go ahead. I'm sorry. What is cool about Paris that you you have the the subway and you can you can travel you can commute everywhere in the in the city and it's really easy. So I think it's not really a problem. And the the, the thing is the main thing thing to see in Paris you have uh, La Tour Eiffel you have uh, Notre Dame de Paris so many many uh, many nice things to see so it's, it would be re- really cool so and the, the commute is not important because you, you you'll have if you want to see everything you have to to commute and you have you have to 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 move so yeah subway is the best one of the best yeah. places to move to um yeah metro is awesome there well, you know, the interesting thing is um, when I was booking my hotel reservation, um, I was using – initially I was using TripAdvisor to sort of gauge whether or not the places were worth staying at. But in TripAdvisor, you can't use Google Maps. They have Yahoo Maps. But if you went over to Google Maps, you could actually see the subway map over Paris and you could pick a hotel right on the on the metro line that would end – now, this seems like the metro line doesn't go all the way out to the venue. It stops a little short of there. No, it's, 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 it, I mean, there's a few blocks walk. It's walking. Yeah, walking yeah. It's, distance. yeah, like three blocks walk. It's just, I mean, it goes, it goes past the venue. You just, the, um, uh, you just, when you get out, it's just a couple of streets over. It's, it's very close. So probably. I decided yeah. I'm going to stay um, by the opera house. Nice. Um, and if anyone wants to stalk me, I'm happy to give you all the information. And uh, does anybody, if anyone else, any of our callers want to be stalked, you can tell us where you're staying in your room number. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry, I got the area wrong. For me, it's Le Marais, not the Beaumarchais. The Le Marais is the area that I always love to stay in. I'm not staying there this yeah, year because I'm on a automatic. I'm on I'm on a budget, <laughs> but yeah, you can buy you can get some amazing. It's so central, and it's actually where all the parties are, uh, as well. So it's uh, highly recommended if you have a little extra cash and you want to stay somewhere lovely. Uh, the Le Marais is the, is where to go. I I think. 
I I will say close to the venue. I don't remember exactly the name of the hotel, to be honest with you, but I will stay during the two days of conference close to the venue. And then I will, I still have to book another hotel to, to stay there until Sunday. So in any case, if there's someone else that, uh, you know, is interested or uh, actually uh, has some suggestions too, <laughs> you can anyway reach me via Twitter. I'm going to say my Twitter name is uh, Vashelari, which is my surname. Is V A S C E L L A R I. So you can tweet me, I will tell you where I'm staying, and you know, it would be great to meet up with you. Yeah, and for me, actually, I'm, I'm really into this uh, lean startup thing, so uh, I, I will be at my, my friend's house in Paris, so I, won't, I won't have. Uh, <laughs> so, so this the me thing. Too. I'll, be, I'll be at friend's house. Ishmael, where can we find you on Twitter? And uh, yeah, this is what, what I'm saying. If you want to, uh, actually, as I'm in, and if you want uh, any help on or any information, you can join me on Twitter on I C H A B I Shaib. Which my name is Ismail, and my uh, my last name is Shaib. So I Shaib on Twitter, you'll find me. You'll find me also on LinkedIn and Facebook, of course. And in every major social media, as as any any one of uh, of us. Tara, where can we find you online? I'm Miss Rogue, just about everywhere. R O G U E. And we'll have links to all their Twitter IDs in the show notes. And uh, well, we'll look forward to um, actually. Before we chime out, one last thing around the panel. What type of coverage can we expect from you, Tara, of the web this year? Um, I'm, I'm gonna, I want to run some video, actually. Uh, I haven't done a lot of video interviews, but I figure this is a good place to start. I'm going to try to corner some uh, bigger, sort of more established startups. Uh, perhaps I will get to corner um, uh, the guys from Foursquare. But uh, also, some of I want to introduce some of the startups that are launching or demoing at, um, at the web as well. Ishmael, what, yeah. what type of coverage can we expect from you this year? Actually, I'll, I'll try to, to, to do some live blogging. And as I said, I'll focus on, uh, on startups. So I'll, fo- I'll focus on uh, success, startup success stories and the startup competition. So interviews and, uh, and after the, the, uh, after the conference, maybe, uh, I'll try deep analysis of, uh, of the different, uh, of the different sessions. And you can find me on uh, on I don't I don't fix your PC. My blog is is named I don't fix your PC, uh, but which is a French blog. So I, I I blog in French about startups mainly. And Andrea, what, what about you? What, what what are you going to give us? What type of coverage? Um, okay, so I won't release a countless number of posts like I did in previous years, uh, and I will work on only one high-quality video. Imagine it's some sort of masterpiece that will bring you all the top marketing and PR content from the web. And the reason is simple, because people have no time to check tons of videos and posts and so on. So I'll do the hard work to summarize the best communication content in pills, let's say, and bring it to the audience in one great package. I already tested this new format at the next conference in Berlin this year. I received great feedback. So I really hope you know people will find this new upcoming video from the web valuable as well. You can find, of course, all the content that I'll produce this video and eventually some, you know, uh, snippets of information on my blog over at andreavachelari.com. That's my name is her name.com. On itiv.net, of course, and, of course, on Twitter at Vachelari. So I'll say to listeners of this podcast, um, you know, for the, for the fourth year in a row, I was the official podcast at the PRSA conference, and we talked to about 16 people. And, you know, I'm, I'm sort of starting to have – I'm sort of starting to – um, subscribe to uh, Andrea's philosophy that more is that less is more, and I and originally when I thought I would go to the web, I thought, oh well, I'll knock out as many interviews as I can do. But you know, you're right, uh, Andrea. People don't have as much time, and well, you know, while it's great to, great to have a long tail of content on the website to bring people in through search, uh, I'm, I think I'm going to do the same thing, and hopefully, you know, with your help, 
um, together, uh, we'll put together uh, an audio podcast uh, with snippets from some of the best and the brightest um, who presented and who are attending the show. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, listen, thank you all, and I'm really looking forward to hanging out with you in Paris. Yeah, you too. Yeah. It's going to be great. Thanks for having us. Awesome. Take care, guys. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, the podcast about how technology is changing the world of communications. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, visit us online at ontherecordpodcast.com, on Twitter at ontherecord, or send email to ontherecordpodcast at gmail.com. On the Record Online is hosted by Eric Schwartzman, an independent online communications consultant whose clients include the U.S. Department of State, the United States Marine Corps, the U.S. Embassy of Greece, the Government of Singapore, Johnson & Johnson, Toyota, Southern California Edison, the Environmental Defense Fund, and dozens of small to medium-sized organizations. For information about engaging Eric Schwartzman as a speaker, social media trainer, or digital strategist, visit www.ericschwartzman.com or send email to eric at ericschwartzman.com.